You're such a like relaxed. Well, I've been preparing myself mentally for at least four days for this. I am so honored. I know. I so last night I made yeah. Kayla do a mock. Oh podcast, really? And I told her that she had to be her best Emily, and it was was hilarious. she good? Yeah, it was funny. It was more. It didn't really didn't we really didn't get much done because I just laughed. And it was <laughs> hilarious. Because her mock Emily was really, was really was she impressive. just like digging questions? <laughs> yeah. Digging you with like, questions. Tell me more about that, Howie. <laughs> That's awesome. You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lead Them to Life. We're back with another episode, and I'm sitting down with my friend, Howie. Howie Schmidt, welcome to Lead Them to Life. Thank you, Emily. It's an honor to be here. Um, you've been on the list for a long time, <laughs> and I think your uh, the men's group has been like rooting for Howie to come on to come on the podcast. I don't, I don't know if I'm quite that interesting, but I'm excited to be here. They and, also uh, want you to start your own podcast. Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite that dedicated, but I would listen to it. <laughs> You've got lots of great thoughts on lots of great things. I would 100% listen to it. Well, we'll, we'll start with this. Okay, and tell it, us a little bit about who you are. So my name is uh, Howie Schmidt. I uh, live here in Sioux Falls with my amazing wife Kayla and our three beautiful children. We've been married for about nine years, and our kids are six. You've been married for nine years, almost nine years. Yeah, in May. Wow. So we have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a 18-month-old. Do you ever think like, wow, when did we all of a sudden have three kids? You know, it's amazing. It goes by really fast, but it's, um, I think with kids, and I've said this before, it's, you know, the, the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. You think when you have, when you have a brand new baby and they're crying and you're not sleeping, you think this is going to last forever. Then all of a sudden it's, it's not. And then it's not. And then it's not. And then you're yeah. like, then, you know, you have your new normal and yeah. You get into your teen and it just goes by really fast. Yeah, no kidding. I can't yeah. believe we have a six-year-old. That's so bizarre. Yeah, Matt, yesterday was like, when did we have, uh, how did all of a sudden we have three kids? Like, when did that happen? You know, like it does, it just goes by really, really fast. And yeah, you have a six-year-old. Um, you know what I just thought of? What? Do you want to tell our listeners about um, how you and I and Kayla and <laughs> Matt became friends? Yeah, so... And you can I tell the baby sea story? Yeah, I, that's exactly what I thought okay, of. Okay, so yeah, so <laughs> we saw, all became friends. Oh, how was that? Seven years. Seven ago? years ago. Seven years ago, and Kayla and I were doing White Disciple at uh, St. Catherine Drexel, and you were involved, and Matt was there, and um, I remember Matt texted me. I, I need to go dig up my old phone and find this text, but he texted me and said, like you and Kayla, or me and you should do a group, and then Kayla and Emily should do a group, and then I can marry Emily. He did not. He totally. I. I'm going to find that text. He totally said that. Yes. I do. I did not know that actually. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Aww. But then when you <laughs> started dating and stuff, you know, we were friends with you, and we were friends with Matt, and I felt like it was we really needed to stay out of it. And I was referred to as our baby sea turtles, and where that kind of comes from is when Kayla and I were in South Carolina on our honeymoon. It happened to be baby baby sea turtle hatching season, and we were talking to some of the locals <laughs> and said, "Look, if you see." Baby sea turtles, you don't don't touch them. Like even if they're getting eaten by seagulls, just, just let them do their thing. All right, like they're just they're they're a wild animal. They're protected species. Way. Let them. I thought that would be really hard to do, and so then when you guys started dating, it's like, ugh, 
baby <laughs> sea turtles. We need These to let them, are just, baby sea turtles. Just let them do their thing. Like they're going to make their way. <laughs> you know, just let them let them do their thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so. like my favorite thing ever. And I remember Kayla coming back and just like so sincerely was like, Emily, you're our baby sea turtles. <laughs> and I was, I was like, okay, tell me more about that, you know? <laughs> But I feel like really Matt and I can um, thank you and Kayla for our life together now oh, because you good. were big supporters. Of course. I mean, we were obviously rooting for you guys to get married and have at least three children. But You guys are the best. So. You're the best. Yeah, so our friendship goes way back. And I just, yeah, I think um, Matt actually knew you and Kayla way before I did um, just through college and that kind of thing. But um, we often refer to you how he has probably the most intentional person that we know. <laughs> Like you just, you are, you live and all of our friends do. So we have a, you know, I've talked to, I think on the podcast before about our Lord's Day group. We call ourselves Lord's Day because we get together on the Lord's Day usually. Um, And with our families or as couples and just do life together, like a group of couples, a group of us um, as families that are journeying together and you're, you're, um, we are journeying along with you and, and you with us in that way. And all of us, I think, regularly refer to you as the most intentional person that we know. (laughs) Thank you. So I really want to focus, I think, this episode around intentionality and what that means and um, and the fruit of of living kind of in this way that you have been living. So, um, first of all, maybe when you when you hear that, when you think of intentionality, what right. kind of comes to your mind? What do you think that means? So I, I should say before I talk about this is I want to make sure that everyone knows that I, I do not have all the answers. <laughs> and I am not like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throw that out there. But anyway, so when I think of intentionality, I think of identifying those things in your life that are important to you, that are your priorities, and really ordering your life in a way so that you're spending your time, your energy, your money on those priorities. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, that might, that might mean if you want to be, you know, we want to spend time with our friends and our family and we want to order our life in a way to do that. And same with our, same with our children and really model that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So name some of those things for you that you are um, like, these are our priorities. These are things that we really desire to be intentional about. What are some of those things? So, um, I guess in our day to day, we try to uh, be active and be healthy. So we order our life around that. So uh, get both Kayla and I get up early and exercise and get time in for prayer. Um, I try to, we try to be really, really intentional about spending time with each other. So it might be challenging, but when, once we get the kids down, we try to spend at least you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour just talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Like before we go, you know, we're not going to turn on any TV. Sometimes we don't even clean anything yet. Like I try, if, I try to get things cleaned up before maybe we get to bed, but even before if there's still, it's okay if there's still dishes in the sink, we're going to spend at least that time with each other yeah. and talk with each other. Cause otherwise, you know, I don't like, I don't, I don't like having a dirty house. I don't like dishes in the sink, but it's very important that Kayla and I maintain our relationship. So we mm-hmm. try to make that an absolute priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what about community life? Cause I know that's another, like that's where I've really seen, um, obviously, as I've continued to get to know you and Kayla, I see all those other things as well. But I think what was first striking to me is the ways that you engage in your friendships. Um, what, yeah, why, why has that been so important right. for you? So um, I think when it comes to building a community and building friendship that, you know, when you're, when you're younger, when you're in high school or college or whatever, you have all this time with your friends. Like, yeah. And sometimes you live with them and it's really easy to get that time. 
But as you get older, you have careers, you have kids, it gets really hard. And so you have to make that, you know, in order to maintain those relationships, they have to become a priority above other things. Even things like, you know, our house is a mess, but we don't care. We're still going to see our friends or it's been a long week, but we just got invited to this thing. And maybe I don't necessarily feel like going to it, but we're going to make the sacrifice and go to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny. Sometimes man, I feel like I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to go home and stare at the wall. But <laughs> Once you go to the, you know, you go have that time with your friends, you never regret it. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. if you, so. We joke with our friends of Flanagan sometimes that we should buy one of those like ginormous multifamily, um, not an apartment bill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm talking about? It's just like everybody move in. We're doing life together. <laughs> I think that sounds uh, delightful in some ways and horrible in other ways. But, uh, but I do. I think there's like such a beauty to, yeah, doing life with people and really allowing them to kind of come into your worlds and vice versa, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't, and it's not going to be perfect. Like it's going to be messy. Mm -hmm. Like if we have all of our kids together a lot, there's going to be little child arguments. There's Mm going to be things that are going to get spilled and it's going to be real, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. how it's supposed to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, and if if they're your, you know, if we, we, you know, we all love each other. So we, we understand that Mm -hmm. when, Mm -hmm. Things aren't perfect, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what that makes me think of is our um, trip to Colorado last mm-hmm. summer with our, you know, little group of families. What was some of the fruit that you saw? That because I think that's a practical example of like this is going to be messy. We're all going to be four mm-hmm. families in a house for five days or whatever, four days. What were some of the fruits that you saw from that? Yeah, that was an amazing trip. I think some of the biggest fruits was obviously we just you know gr- grow in friendship with uh, with everyone. But then you get to see people like how they really do their family stuff you see them put their kids to bed and, and you kind of learn new things that way but also really get to under really get to know your friends and understand mm-hmm. them and know where they're at and mm-hmm. i think that's i yeah i'm that, that was an amazing trip for, for family our friends and anytime you're in colorado it's always amazing <laughs> spoken like a true colorado native <laughs> you guys would never move back uh probably not now i mean i do love colorado we've got such great friends here yeah i mean I miss not having a 14,000 foot mountain out my front window every morning. Understandable. But I do love what we have here. And this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good town. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, let's go back to a little bit of like your just uh, marriage. And um, you even mentioned like, I think you mentioned financially at the beginning, Mm -hmm. like where do we want to put our intention? Where do we want to put our priority? Um, what have been some of the fruits that you have seen, um, maybe specifically in marriage, uh, by really kind of taking care or continuing to invest in? Because um, I think there's like a- absolutely every single couple, uh, every single family um, has had those points where you're like, okay, we're just feeling a little disconnected. Mm-hmm. We need to regroup. We need to come back together. We need to um, have a little state of the union, whatever that looks like, you know, in your house. Um, and, and I know that you guys do that pretty regularly. Like you kind of yeah. have a rhythm to life. Um, and I know once a week, like once a month, you're, you're, um, you guys have just a couple's weekend where your kiddos go stay at the farm and, or something like that, right? Once yeah. a, one week in a month. Um, what's been some of the fruit of that kind of rhythm that you guys have built into your, uh, let's start with marriage. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So once a, uh, once a month, you ever take, we, um, <laughs> Uh, have kind of a, just a couple's weekend where we have a, we're in, involved in a organization called Teams of Our Lady, which is kind of a marriage group, and we 
line that up with where um, we're very blessed and fortunate in that our both of our parents are very supportive of our marriage, and so our kids go down and stay with my wife's parents at the farm, and we spend a weekend where we have the teams related, but then we also do other things as well. So we'll, um, f- for us, we're we love to be active, so we'll try to do something active, either go for a bike ride or go for mm-hmm. hiking together and go out to dinner and really make that to really catch up and be with each other and talk to each other and, you know, try to go to that next level of conversation, right? Not talk about kids or logistics, but really try to get deep to see where, where are you Do you at? have a no talking about the kids rule when you go on no, a date? No, we, we don't. I mean, it's not like we, we don't, don't either. We don't, we, we still definitely talk about our children, Yeah, but we try to get, you know, a bunch of broad conversations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, um, the, the reason that I asked that is because I think some couples have instilled that. And yet, um, I don't know, for, for Matt and I, I just think there's this reality that so much of our life is. Oh, is your children. Yeah, is yeah, our absolutely. children or is uh, is our work even. Like some people have a, we don't talk about work on date night or whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I think there's something really revealing about. Um, Matt's heart or my heart when I can say like I had this meeting that was hard and to and to but to take it to the next level or to not just talk about oh you know so and so did this it was so cute wasn't it so cute no like right. yeah okay I'm really struggling to parent Claire right now I need your prayers or I need your support to help me navigate this like that's a level that's that's the next level of conversation it can be about whatever it is but taking it like you said to the next level yeah just being intentional what's on your heart right now you mm-hmm. know what's what's bothering you what's Mm-hmm. What, you know, what do we need to discuss? And that could be anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where you have, when you have that long, when you have an hour and a half to have a good conversation, you can kind of hit a few topics at that point, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Have you guys always prioritized the healthy living, eating, that kind of thing? Um, I think it's evolved more as I've, as we've gotten older. Um, as I just, part of it is. Because um, you've lost like yeah, I lost 50 pounds. Right, yeah. And I think part of it is just because. Over the last couple of years. Yeah, I. I enjoy being active and I think a lot of it's just wanting to model good behavior for our children too. Right. But, um, and I, I enjoyed it. I'm a, I am a better husband and a better father if I am taking care of myself. Say more about that. I think that in order, so everyone loves f- football analogies, but they always talk about in football, how, you know, football games are one Monday through Friday, not on Sunday mm-hmm. or Saturday for you. But, and so I think for me, I need to be doing the things like getting sleep, taking care of myself, eating healthy so I can be that good parent in the moment. And when things get stressful or frustrating, be there in the moment as in the best shape I can be to handle the situations. What do you do when you fall off the wagon? Uh, Of like, just, I try to get back on it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's simple. (laughs) I mean, it's hard. I guess I just, Try to look at it. It's a new day. It's a new week. It's a new hour. Kind of do your reset. And just reset. And um, for me, I can, it's not, I enjoy working out. It's just eating is hard because I just love food. I love food so much. So much. I love all food. And so that's the part that's hard. I can. We should open a restaurant. Oh, food. I love food. Yeah. It could be like a restaurant where uh, it's like a gathering place where intentional community life can happen. We can have beautiful um, things that inspire great conversation mm. and really, really good food. Really good food. This is going to be awesome. So awesome. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> we can run it out of our multifamily. Multifamily house. Our multifamily house. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, for for financially, because that's a that's one of the places that I think I've learned a lot from you. Um, and I'm trying to think of. Oh, here's an example. I remember saying to you recently, like, "Oh man, I would love this thing." I don't remember what it was, um, but I just feel like we can't afford it. We were out on a hike. I don't remember what we were talking or what the exact thing was. Um, and and you just said. You can. It's just a matter of whether or not that's what you want to prioritize. Right, yeah. Like you, yeah, you you can afford it. You can buy it. You can whatever. But it's a matter of what you where you want to place your value, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, that I feel like is something that I have one hundred percent learned from you. Um, and and I just would love for you to talk a little bit about kind of your your philosophy on that, right? As so, a financial person. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the kind of things like you can you can afford almost anything. It's not everything, right? So, well, not anything, but. Um, I think for us, like some people can budget and they can have Excel spreadsheets and handle all that. I, I'm not that dedicated. And so the way I look at it is if we're going to budget our finances, we're just going to focus on the things we really want. So we have kids center because the Catholic school, that's Mm -hmm. our priority. Um, We want to save for things like vacations. So that's Mm -hmm. a priority. So that means we have to de-emphasize other things. And so we really, really try hard not to eat out. And so, which we're, we've gotten pretty good at, um, we try hard to, okay, we're going to, we bought our house. We knew we, we could have bought more house, but we thought, well, maybe we should just tone it back just, just a little bit. Right. And um, save that extra. Yeah. And save mm-hmm. that extra. We I think the last time we bought our vehicle, we could have bought something a little nicer. We thought, okay, well we can buy this fee. We could, we could afford this, but we also want to have other things as well. So trying to prioritize things like our Catholic school vacations and we try to invest invest as well too. So mm-hmm. putting mm-hmm. that aside mm-hmm. and, you know, de-emphasize the other things we don't want. I know I've kind of been looking at it's, man, we all of a sudden piled up a lot of subscriptions to things, which is really <laughs> that easy happens to do. Fast, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So trying to look at some of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Some people, like I said, some people can print out budget sheets and analyze their spending every month. I'm not, I, I just, it's not going to work for me. So we no. have to, I have to think about it differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's as you're talking about this, I think it's it's um, funny in that, in so many ways, this is common sense, and it's things that we all know and recognize. But to just actually name that out loud, to think through it, and to really like categorize what are those things that we want to de-emphasize, so that we can actually add value to other places. And I think that applies to finances, but it applies to everything. It applies to like our time, you know, where do we want to de-emphasize the amount of time that we're spending on things so that we actually have more time to spend elsewhere or, you know, whatever. I just think that's a really, um, it's just an an applicable kind of principle to so many various areas of life. Um, Okay. (laughs) Here's my question for you. Okay. I think um, the world has been super noisy and pretty chaotic over the last, I mean, it's always been that way, right. but I'm becoming more uh, acutely aware of it, perhaps in the last two years. I think everybody kind of has, like yep. as we increased our media consumption or went through our total detox of media consumption, wherever we kind of land. Um, I just think there's a reality that like the world is is in uh, is in attention um, always, but I'm more acutely aware of it right now. How does living intentionally help ease the noise of the world or help um, create interior peace 
amidst the chaos. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I think for me, like I'm not on any social media anymore because it was just too much for me to handle. So I had to kind of get away from that. I think it's, you know, I'm, I am one to try to, I, I do like, I'm kind of a news junkie in some ways. And I like to pay attention, but I think that having your own understanding your limits is very healthy hmm. and where, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, and living intentionally is not just time, but it's also your energy. Like how much energy, I mean, how much energy you're expelling being worried about this or worried about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're spending a lot more, a lot of time being worried about something you can't control or you're not. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. Maybe you should de-emphasize that a little mm-hmm. bit or try to kind of not spend so much time, mm-hmm. you know, reading mm-hmm. the news or, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's really easy to just, you know, to doom scroll and mm-hmm. go through everything and just, and I mean, so I, 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 I mean, and I've also had to do that at times as well. This, I felt like this year was, was kind of rough in a lot of ways. And For so sure. I, I did have to take a step back from, you know, there's no point in me being upset about something on the internet while I'm ignoring my children sitting right. across from me. That's, right. that's, that's backwards. Right. So it's, it, I, I, yeah. So I think you have to understand your limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then carve out the time, create the space to actually um, put up boundaries mm-hmm. almost around Absolutely. some of these things. Yeah. I didn't really think about that in, in um, leading up to this conversation, but the importance of boundary in, um, in creating an intentional way of life in creating a, a, a life that looks different, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's really like maybe the heart of why I even wanted to have this conversation is because um, <laughs> there's a great line. And I actually was not even there for the delivery of this. Uh, Chris Bergwald um, has shared this with me a couple different uh, or has shared it in different circumstances, um, presentations that he's given he was listening to uh, Father John Rutten give a homily, and Father John used this line that a Christian should cut cucumbers differently. Mm-hmm. And it really struck Chris in a way that he has continued to share it, and so that's where I heard it. Um, and I just love that line because <clears throat> I do think it's such this it's such a an ordinary thing, like but a Christian should cut cucumbers differently. Right. A Christian should actually live differently in every respect. Um, and that, and that looks subtle at times. Like it's to an outside observer, maybe it's un even unnoticeable kind of thing. But yeah, I think again, why I wanted to have this conversation in the first place is because intention, like, living with intention is actually part of the Christian life. Absolutely. It's, it's a recognition of the gift that life is. It's sitting in gratitude before it. It's recognizing that it's not my own and responding as such, you know, which I just think has such a, a richness. Like it offers a different experience. Right. I think it's kind of like that, that Christ like demeanor that we all talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy this quote, but I think it was, it was a JP two that said that, and he was asked, like, how do you remember everyone's name? I said, well, every every time I encounter someone, you're encountering, you know, a part of Christ. Yeah. That's why I have to remember everyone's name. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think about that all the time and how often somebody tells me their name and I literally don't, right. I don't yeah. even hear it, you know? Well, it's just a different way of viewing people, right? If you really believe that every person you encounter is a part of Christ, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to act differently. Mm-hmm. You're not going to honk at the person in traffic or mm-hmm. get 
mad when your coffee's not perfect at, you know, at the yeah. coffee shop. And yeah. So, so. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you my moment. <laughs> okay. So we, um, I told you about our worst vacation ever this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was rough. So Friday, after we had taken Claire to acute care, um, friends, I was just telling Howie before we started that I, we had like the worst vacation ever. We went to the Black Hills <laughs> this past weekend, uh, fall camping. It was beautiful. The hills were beautiful. The Leadums were a wreck. Um, sick kiddos, everything that could go wrong kind of went wrong. Um, but we went through Dairy Queen because it was like two o'clock. I hadn't eaten anything yet. I was like, I think I'm just going to be like a better human being if I can get, you know, a little food in my <laughs> system. Uh, Matt and the girl, you know, Matt and Megs and Lily had already eaten. Claire was, you know, down for the count. So we go through the Starbucks or the um, Starbucks. That sounds good right now. The Dairy Queen drive through I order a four piece chicken strip basket and an Oreo blizzard. Delicious. Because obviously. Oh, and then Claire was like, I want an ice cream cone. And we were like, praise the Lord. She wants to eat something. You can have whatever you want. Do you know how much it cost? Guess. Guess how much it cost? Uh, $19.53. Okay, wow. That was actually way closer. It was 18 bucks. Oh, wow. Okay, yep. That's like super freaking expensive for a chicken strip basket and a Oreo blizzard. Don't you think? Yeah, no? I mean, I mean, everything's expensive nowadays, I guess. So I don't okay. know. Nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, that's probably fair. I was like blown away when she said 18, what, 18, 29. <laughs> and I was like, that's ridiculous. Like that can, I, I think it's not right. I think she has us down for like three chicken strip baskets, whatever. So we get up to the window and I'm like, um, so that was for the chicken strip basket and the Oreo blizzard and the small kids ice cream cone. And she's like, yup. <laughs> and the, and like mind you this was this was not my finest moment um i it had been a long day it had been a really long day and i was like that seems super high and she goes ma'am <laughs> this is custer south dakota it's how we make our living and i was like dart eyes like i was not having her <laughs> she was not having me that was pretty much the end of the exchange, but I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> I just was not having it. And Matt, I think, is like sinking in his, you know, sinking in the chair. Like, this is so embarrassing. But I was like, that seems super high. That's ridiculous. He's like, she's probably spitting on your chicken strips right now. But it was, it was this moment and we drove away and I just felt this guilt. Not because I like, it, and I didn't yell at her. I didn't say anything like mean or whatever. But in my heart, I was like, not having this Dairy Queen worker. And it just was really striking. Like, man, I am like 100% failing to see the human person in front of me. Like I have, I had no love for her. I had no um, mm. like tenderness or recognition that she's behind this window working her tail off right now. Cause they're swamped. Right. You know, like it just was so convicting. I think my own like selfishness. And, and again, it's a simple thing. It's a little thing. Um, and listeners are probably like, whatever it was high, you know, but I don't know. Like it just, it was this like little conviction moment um, for me of just recognizing my own failure to see humanity, like to see the humanity of other people, to love people well, to really, um, I don't know, be patient, live differently, to cut cucumbers differently, to order Dairy Queen differently, to pay for my food differently (laughs) as a Christian, you know? 
<laughs> it just was really, I don't know. It was just this simple, simple little thing that was um, moving to me. Um, okay. I have one more question. This is kind of off topic. And then okay. my final question <laughs> for you. So you had texted me a while back and you were, and you said, I have a question that I can't wait to talk to you about. And it was, is there things that you do? This is kind of going back to our parenting um, marriage conversation. It is on topic, actually. Um, Is there things that are good for your kids? This was your question. Are there things that are are good for your kids, but bad for your marriage? Right. Um, We haven't really gotten to talk about this. We talked about it briefly. Um, I like spent the next two days thinking about that question, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I kind of landed on my answer. And I think when we briefly got to talk about it, I think we were in agreement. But what was your like, what was your initial thought process? Well, it, it, I was just looking through. So I'm always trying to think, I mean, parenting is hard and I'm not sure if I'm doing any of it right or all right. Of it right. I'm trying to. And also part of being a parent is, you know, you, you want to be healthy with your with your spouse and have a healthy relationship there so that way because you, your kids need that, mm-hmm. right? And um, trying to balance that out of sometimes it feels like either I have to choose my spouse or my kids, which isn't necessarily true, but sometimes it feels that way. Mm-hmm. And just trying to understand what are things that maybe I'd do for my kids but that would detract from my marriage or vice versa and how are we supposed to live that way? I don't have an answer yet, but, you know, it's – Especially as, as we get older and kids are in activities, and what does that look like? How does that affect our marriage? And what are the answers? And I don't, I don't have the answers to this one. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm still kind of discerning through that. And what does that, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, yeah, where do I draw the line? Yeah, then, where, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think what's hard is kids kind of take everything, which isn't their fault. They're little. They're needy. They're these tiny humans Super that are needy. figuring the world out. Yeah. And you just have so much love for your children. Mm-hmm. Like it's indescribable how much mm-hmm. love you have for your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be challenging to manage those feelings and what things we want to do for our kids and what does it look like and what, you know, what things we need to teach them and when, when do we need to let them figure it out and kind of struggle through something. Mm-hmm. All that is really hard. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I was really struck by that question and and I don't love this but research actually shows that having children like decreases uh marital satisfaction mm. or marital happiness to a certain to a certain extent. Um and I'll have to I'll see if I can go back and find that article. And I remember reading that and being like well that's the most depressing thing in the world. And then I realized well it's because humans are like we're all selfish. So right. it is like it is hard and it, it and it does detract from your ability to do whatever you want, spend your money however you want, um, whatever, like all of these various things. However, that being said, like what sort of satisfaction am I actually looking for? Right. And what sort of happiness am I actually looking for? What is happiness? Like is happiness the desire to like meet all of my own needs and and to be able to do whatever I want? Or is it actually to lay down my life for another And I think when we can start forming our hearts, chiseling our hearts in virtue, there's a real joy that surpasses any sort of worldly, worldly happiness um, in the gift of laying down your life for somebody else in parenting. I I agree with that. And And in marriage for that matter. I think it's hard because I don't even like defining what happiness even is right is a challenge. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm sure that at some level there is some truth in that, but uh, I love my kids. I love the way they've made me better. Oh my gosh, one hundred percent. 
and I wouldn't trade anything in the world. For right. Him, so. Right. And I think that's like the proper lens that we have to look through the, look at the world through. And if, and if we don't feel that way, or if we're not experiencing family life that way, um, then I think it's disordered. Like there's actually, and, and I would actually argue, um, yeah, I think I would make this argument that if we're experiencing it that way, then we're actually not taking care of our marriage and we're emphasizing too much right. um, our children. Like if it's detracting and, and actually not making us happy, <laughs> like we're disordered somewhere mm-hmm. because this is like children are the fruit of the, of the marriage. And yeah, I just, I think that if we're, if we're doing it right, it actually increases intimacy, happiness, connectivity, all of those things. Um, in our in our first vocation as husbands and wives and that brings great fruit you know so i think my answer to your initial question is like is there anything that um would be good for your kids that is not good for your marriage i would say no not if the if the highest good is the one that we're after sure there's going to be a moment where like matt and i would love to sit and have tea together before bed and the baby's crying and so i need to respond to the baby but like ultimately for the highest good um no, I think one of the best things, and we've talked about this before, like one of the best things that you can do for your kids is love your spouse. Absolutely. And show them that and illustrate that and actually like say you need to wait because mom is is most important right now. Or yeah. like I need you to be patient because mom and dad need to have time together or whatever the thing is. Um, so I think if we're orienting ourselves again towards that highest good, um, it's off, it's freedom. It's freedom and it's joy. Absolutely. Okay, you ready for my last question for you? Okay. Okay, ask every guest that comes on Lead Him to Life. Oh, yep. What's a question that you've been pondering? You're like the epitome of, <laughs> of this. You've always got questions that you're thinking about. Um, yeah, you you bring so much to um, your friendships, to your men's group, to the people that you work with, all those things. What's a question that you, Howie Schmidt, Heaven Howard, Mr. Howard Schmidt, have been pondering? <laughs> So I think, so actually, my, you actually stole my original question. Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I didn't even so think about I that. think other things I've been pondering, though, of just, you know, I'm kind of always discerning a bit with my children and my spouse and with Caleb. Like, am I, am I, like, how else can I improve the way I'm living intentionally and focusing on them, I guess? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a yes, no binary answer, but mm-hmm. just how do I live better that way? Mm-hmm. How do I give myself more to them? And, um, mm-hmm. And with, with with kids, it's hard too, just because it's so hard to determine what, what they actually need. Yeah. Sometimes on a daily basis, so yeah, want right. versus need. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any ideas right now of like things that you're like, man, I really want to grow in this way? Oh, I think for sure, patience and understanding, and trying yeah. to trying to understand with children. That's really hard. Is that kids are learning how to do simple things a lot of times. Like they're learning how to put on their shoes. They're learning how to control their emotions, learning how to ride their bike. And I need to support them in that. Mm -hmm. Not just get frustrated when it takes them 30 seconds longer than I think it should to put their shoes on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. really understanding that, no, this is something, if I'm learning something, it doesn't make me learn it faster if someone's yelling at me. Right. Right. Like no one does. Hurry up. Hurry Hurry up. up, Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. up. Why is this taking you so long? Yeah. And so, trying to just really be patient that way with them. Yeah. 
That's so good. That's so good. Howie, thank you so much for coming on. This is an absolute joy. I'm so grateful for your friendship and for you and Kayla in our lives and the ways that you really witness um, kind of this way of life. You just have a a simple um, a simple way that um, is so attractive and really really inviting uh, into yeah into being more intentional into living the intentional life to living differently. So thanks for sharing it with us. Friends, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with a friend. I hope that it inspires you in your journey of intentional living um, in, in the service of greater human flourishing. We'll see you next time.